0: Welcome to the show, not the alt show. It's the ATL. They trading for Kyler Murray, Johnny Venerable Brock, PHNX Cardinals podcast. And it's interesting, Bo, the the further we get away from the 2023 NFL draft becomes a safe place, right? We can talk about potentially deals that, of course, went down and maybe some that fell through the cracks. I saw something from Indianapolis, uh, an insight into their war room that they were initially depressed that Houston had traded up, and then they're like, no, we're going to get Anthony Richardson. That was great. Mm -hmm. Then there's kind of erroneous reports of (laughs) other things that didn't transpire, and one in particular, Bo Brock, that having to do with the Arizona Cardinals franchise quarterback in one, Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, it seems like somebody was just kind of throwing excrement at the wall and seeing what sticks or what could get clicks and eyes and ears on – their podcast? I, I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll certainly get into it. Erroneous is a good way to put it as far as Kyler Murray potentially going anywhere this season based on what he's due and how his contract would pan out to the Cardinals and what they would have to absorb dead money-wise and what the other team would have to take on. So it. Uh, I, I don't think it was anything outside of just trying to be sensational and trying to get people yeah. to listen uh, to what you have to say about Gambling or whatever it might be, but you know it's it's we'll get into we'll also get into more triggering conversation about somebody who doesn't like the clearly doesn't like the Cardinals organization, even though they seem to be trending in the right direction. Very few people could say that they're not, uh, but this one, you know, I guess talking head continues to feel like he needs to go after the Cardinals and their new head coach Jonathan Gannon and Monty Austin So all that, and then some wild uh depth charts by a big time publication that had some interesting uh players and in interesting positions now it is only may but we'll get into that conversation but this i'm throwing up radio air quote podcast air quotes this report yeah yeah um, the favorites the action network the podcast usually breaking down gambling um and and they they dropped this little night
0: never listen to this podcast can i do that can we take odds on me never having to listen to this (laughs) show again
1: let's give you like less than a minute's worth let's give you what we're going to discuss here and then we'll move forward and our lives will improve probably benefit very well after not having to listen to it afterwards
0: And, and i'll say this my favorite thing that didn't happen at the draft there was a ton of drama going on behind the scenes of Atlanta was going to trade for Tannehill. That was a real thing. Tennessee was going to give Tannehill to Atlanta, and they're going to move up to the eighth spot. They couldn't make a con- they couldn't work out the money. Same thing happened with Kyler Murray in Atlanta. So apparently, there was a deal in place for the Cardinals and Atlanta that are going to send Kyler Murray to it to Atlanta for draft picks, and they're going to take some money on. It didn't work out, obviously. But I love that Atlanta's trying to do stuff here, right? They have all the weapons there. They just don't have the quarterback. Who knows what could happen in the middle of the season, right? With all everything going on. I'll keep that on people's radar. Atlanta's a sleepy team this year, Atlanta. And if they get a Tannehill, they get a Kyler Murray. That's definitely a team in that division that could easily steal that division. Sleepy team. I'm sleeping on this podcast in, in the <laughs> sense I'm never listening to it again. So there's, so basically, this guy from the Action Podcast, I had never heard of him before. I have heard of the Action Podcast yeah. before. And their host, I told Bo this off air, hates the Cardinals. Anti, He was anti-Cliff. He doesn't like Kyler Murray. Um, that's the only part of the podcast I chose to listen to because people mm-hmm. put it out there. I got it in, in DM. So we have to address it. Um, this is hundred percent unequivocally false. I've to yeah. two people I trust said it's not at all a likelihood that they had these discussions. Um, coincidentally, Bo, I had told you maybe like 36 hours before the draft, like the Tannehill stuff was real, but there was also a report that the Cardinals had initially not a report, but a rumor had initially had conversations with Tennessee about maybe getting Tannehill to Arizona as a bridge before Kyler came back. But the money wouldn't have worked out. The Cardinals ended up trading with with Tennessee later, and Tennessee didn't get their quarterback early on. So yeah. um, that would have been more likely. But Atlanta outright trading for Kyler Murray, 100% chance that this never took place.
1: Right. I mean, let, let's talk about things that we have sourced and, and things that were going on. Before the draft even started, yeah. obviously where you had the speculation, was, the linchpin to all this was going to be Houston and whether or not they go with the quarterback, right? Yeah. And if they didn't go with CJ Stroud and the Arizona Cardinals are sitting there on the clock at three, a deal, there were deals in place. There were deals discussed. There was framework on deals. Uh, One that you, that you had source in, I don't know, do you feel comfortable saying the team? Yeah, yeah, it was Tennessee. Yeah, the Tennessee. So the Tennessee Titans. So there, there's stories to that. There's substance and there's things that make sense. Vrabel, Stroud, Ohio State connection. Tennessee was was in on Stroud, and then Houston caught wind of that and realized that they couldn't wait until later in the draft <laughs> to get the quarterback situation figured out. Like all that stuff makes sense. This one makes zero sense. Yeah, and like it, it, as far as generally, when you have reported new big news from an unlikely or unknown source, like this guy for the favorites. I I try to give him like the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. But this is, you can poke holes in this from, from so many different angles. It just doesn't make any sense. So, and you have to consider like Simon Hunter, that's the guy who reported this. He's a professional better or a pro better that you even like, he's got a decent size, you know, social media following, but also on social media, there's people that say, denying that he's even a professional better they're just calling him a straight up fraud as far as that goes so yeah. like you're already starting it's not a good start to this and and to throw no. out something like that this doesn't make sense cap wise the arizona cardinals i mean if you look what if they dealt kyler murray and you can't like designate a trade post June first. Like you, maybe right. you, you agree to a trade and then you execute it after June first, but you sweat the, it out for six weeks. Maybe yeah. If, if the Cardinals traded Kyler Murray, the dead cap for twenty twenty three is fifty nine million dollars, and then uh, it, it's like negative. So they'd be, it'd be negative forty three million dollars towards the cap. Yeah. It, no way. Which they don't have. They've got twenty million dollars in cap. Like they couldn't. They couldn't. They haven't even signed on. Yes, yeah. Huh? No. It doesn't even mathematically work, work. If they did it post June trade, they would get thirteen million dollars of dead cap this year, and then they would absorb forty-six million dollars of dead cap in twenty twenty-four. Which yeah. is, is something that I think the forty-six million dollar number, if they're holding on to the number one overall pick next offseason is something yeah. that they might consider trying to take on, but there would have to be a lot that goes right. There's so many variables that go into this that don't make any any sense at all.
0: Kyler Murray's not healthy, right? You'd be dealing him, in my opinion, with, with his value having never been lower uh, because of the shots he's taken from the media and other teams. I, you know, I I'm not going to sit up here and say they may never trade. They'll, they'll never trade Kyler Murray. I don't know that. And I'm with Bo. Like, if they have an opportunity to add Caleb Williams on a five-year rookie deal, paying him no money, and they believe in that rookie, there's a chance Kyler Murray could be dealt in 2024. But on the flip side, if Kyler Murray comes back and plays well this year, pending what happens with Houston, they're not going to be in a position for the first overall pick. So, in a weird way, a lot of this is going to take care of itself, right? But what doesn't make sense is in the year 2023, when you're committed to Kyler Murray, he's a big part of what you want to do moving forward. The money doesn't make sense. The, the the fact he couldn't pass a physical, he has not come back from... Like Atlanta would take on too much liability outside of Arizona like just taking a complete bath on this. Kyler Murray, in my opinion, and this is not saying much, is going to have exponentially more value this time next year should you opt to deal him. At the very least, barring something unforeseen, he's going to be 100% healthy, right? You're going to be able to unload a little bit more of that money. The Cardinals will take on some of that money. Bo, to your point, they'll be in a better position to do so. But, like, again, I Kyler Murray right now, I believe, is ahead of schedule. I think yeah. Kyler Murray is going to play sooner than people think. I think that's a big part of why they're not aggressive going out and, and signing a bunch of other players. And then you've got the D-hop factor involved. It just The timing of it, it would have made much more sense, Bo, Had they done it right when Gannon and Austin Ford were hired and they were like, please, somebody take Kyler. They're not going to do that because they know Kyler Murray is a big part of what they want to do. And if you're Atlanta, like Atlanta could have easily traded up and gotten a quarterback. If they were so dead set on doing that, they stood pat and took a running back in the top 10. (laughs) What part of that also equals all let's trade for Kyler Murray. It's just right. just, feels like throwing shit in the wall and, and seeing what's there.
1: It does. And he, here's here's where I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And and I listened to their show today or minutes oh, of it. And, and it was it was to, and they of course they wanted to follow up because they knew that they were going to get listeners from the report that they they that they gave earlier in the week and yeah. uh that they wanted to capitalize on that. And the guy gave me no reason to to believe it otherwise he says you know, he pushed back on Cardinals fans and saying you can't get too attached to players because the front office isn't attached to them. It's like that. That's just such bullshit as far as this goes. I mean, just just as far as the financials go and everybody's doing a good job and backing that up in the chat. It just doesn't make sense for the Cardinals to move off of them. And to your point, too, there were several rookie quarterbacks that Atlanta could have been in on as well that they didn't seem uh, tantalized about at all. They wanted to trade to two like kind of burdensome cap numbers and Ryan Tannehill and and, and Kyler Murray. Like this guy might have this guy might here. Are, here's where I'll give him the benefit of that. He might have what you could consider a source from the Atlanta Falcons organization. Sure. Right. Sure. He might sweep the floors. He might make smoothies for the players. But as far as like his reach to general manager Terry Fontenot, like it's it's so far from it. It's so far from the decision. The actual decision makers. It just. Because none of this makes any sense uh, as far as actual football moves, business personnel moves.
0: Like Atlanta had an opportunity to go out and get Lamar Jackson. They immediately shot that down. They said, we're not going after Lamar. And then they didn't trade up for a quarterback, right? So clearly they're rolling with Desmond Ritter this year. They were committed to doing that. In my opinion, for this singular offseason, Lamar Jackson, with no guaranteed money attached to him, and fully healthy is more enticing for a franchise than Kyler Murray off an ACL with a bunch of money. So if you go by that logic alone, plus we've argued like Lamar Jackson has accomplished more than Kyler Murray, they immediately came out and said, We're not interested. Baltimore took took phone calls, made phone calls, inevitably got the deal done internally. So it just the if if any of this made sense, it was Tennessee's involvement with Tannehill. Cause we know they've been looking to move off Ryan Tannehill, but like, tr- like I, I had heard rumblings. Maybe the Cardinals wanted him as a bridge. It would make sense if Atlanta wanted him as a bridge. Right. But mm-hmm. Kyler, you commit to Kyler Murray to commit to Kyler Murray. And if you're going to do that, it's not going to be this off season. I mean, I'm, yeah. I do not believe Kyler Murray's damaged goods. But it does not help anybody from a contractual standpoint, financial standpoint, a public relations standpoint, to trade for Kyler right now. Everybody just needs to sit tight, let the chips... Fall where they may, let this season play out, and we'll have a conversation next January.
1: I mean, just look at how this is kind of, everything's transpired this entire offseason, right? From from Monty Ossinfort to his introductory press conference to saying, you know, the conversations were about building around your franchise quarterback. And then those were echoed by Jonathan Gannon, and Jonathan Gannon has done nothing but embrace Kyler Murray since the very jump. Uh, from from when John, the report of Jonathan Gannon getting hired, and then him about to leave to jump on the PJ to go back to Philly, and Kyler's in the building and he runs and he and they have the embrace, they 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 slap hands and bro hug, and you know they're best friends from then and into now, right? Where they where Jonathan Gannon maintains they have a very tight relationship, and then we got Kyler Murray kind of being the face of the uniform unveiling and and all of that. And it's like you think that Monty Osport on a day where he gets to kind of show his new fan base that he's been hired as a first year GM for after uh, basically from getting hired to then was cleaning up the mess from Steve Kime and making unpopular decisions that he's going to trade Kyler Murray. It just it it makes zero sense. And the Atlanta thing is even is almost far-fetched. It's like Atlanta is, is, is in public is doubling down on Desmond Ritter and then and then then sign ta- Taylor Hinneke. Like yeah. Tannehill and Hinneke, why would you take on a more expensive T- Taylor Heineke? I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh it doesn't, but um,
0: it's out there. We wanted to address it at the top of the show. I I doubt we'll speak on it again, Bo Brock. I don't think there's any validity to it. Kyler Murray may very well be traded from this franchise at some point. It's not going to be today. It's not going to be this off season. Uh, it doesn't make sense for anybody involved. And to double down on Bo's point, like you've heard us say this on the show, like Kyler and Jonathan Gannon talk all the time, and, and they're going to see if we can we can make this thing work. And if so, they're going to win some games this fall. And if things go south, they'll have a contingency plan. And maybe everybody decides to move on. But we're not. We haven't. Re- we haven't been close to reaching that point yet. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, we are close though. Uh, to reaching a point with BetMGM where they are our favorite sportsbook app. In fact, we've made it. We've arrived. We've teamed up with our friends at BetMGM this season. We'll be using the BetMGM lines to make all of our picks. We've got special offers for our listeners every single week, every single day, uh, beginning, hello, Suns, Moneyline, tomorrow. I need it. I need it in my life. You can get it right now, the BetMGM sportsbook app. You haven't signed up yet. Super simple. Use that bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you're going to get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use that bonus code, P-H-N-X. Uh, we've got our Knockout nights, Cornhole League tomorrow. It's the first Friday of every single month from May until August. Giveaways, specials, prizes, live broadcast shows, whatever you want to do, do it with us at BetMGM Sportsbook on the lawn at State Farm Stadium. And now you get to hear in the show notes For details, our guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer.
1: Claimer 21 plus to wager visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions u.s promotional offers not available in washington dc mississippi nevada new york and ontario gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER colorado dc illinois indiana louisiana maryland mississippi new jersey ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia wyoming call eight seven seven eight hopeny hope or text hope 467369. new york call 1-800-NEXT-STEP arizona one 800 522 kansas nevada one 800 327 massachusetts 1-800-BETS-OFF iowa 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help michigan we had an incredible time a week ago we go to today it feels like forever ago that we had our draft party just great memories from that draft party it was great catching up with everybody that we could it was like your wedding night though like once things started going like once once the draft fired up like we couldn't we couldn't sit there and talk with anybody except for daniel that came on set like out of nowhere and chugged a couple beers uh but we've got more events going on with our favorite brewery in arizona four peaks how about our uh our Diamondbacks game that we got four seats to an upcoming Diamondback. Four Ooh. Peaks, four seats. One lucky winner can get four seats to an upcoming D-backs game. Tickets come with the D-backs, with the D-box. So go grab some food. Ice cold, wow wheat, or that hop Not. Enter by going to Four Peaks Brew on Instagram. They've got a link on their bio. And also Four Peaks, they're uh, for teachers as well. Teacher Appreciation Week starts next week. Uh, you can thank a teacher, nominate them when grants four peaks swag, a grand prize of custom makeover, their teacher's lounge at the school. And that would probably be frowned upon if they got maybe some, uh, some mini kegs in there and maybe some taps from four peaks, probably not the best thing, uh, for the school. But also I saw another thing that they're starting to do too. It's, uh, Raise a gr- glass for ALS awareness with Directly. the Iron Horse Hoppy Golden Ale. So this is an ale that they brought out that they're debuting. To help raise awareness for ALS, to commemorate ALS Awareness Month in May, Four Peaks has joined forces with ales for ALS to release Iron Horse Hoppy Gold Ale, which has sources of light-bodied, flavorful beer that features notes of grapefruit, mandarin, Lemon and Pine, and it helps Mm. serve a good cause. Check it out. Uh, Help donate to this great cause and check out the events that they have along with this uh, great great new beer and awareness uh, for AOS. Go to fourpeaks.com slash events. you got to be 21 years or older. Uh, You guys tipped us off to this in the chat asking you shall receive. The Arizona Cardinals
0: have just released the rookie numbers for the 2023 NFL Draft class. There they are. P uh Paris Johnson Jr., number 70. I think we knew that. But the big one, Bo, a lot of people were hoping for throwing it back to his LSU LSU days, BJ Ojolari, keeping number 18, which I think incredibly clean. But how about our guy, cornerback Garrett Williams, rocking the 21? Patrick Peterson vibes. How about that? And then Michael Wilson, <laughs> 6'2, 13. Michael yeah floyd michael floyd vibes right how there. dare you he, christian was, kirk
1: michael floyd christian was 15
0: kirk? was he no i thought he was 13 was he 15 Oh yeah. man, my, my brain it's just it's not aging well but <laughs> i th- i thought he was definitely 13 but yeah christian kirk you know i i see michael wilson i think a little bit of michael floyd there too but okay. my, that might be too too much on the head what what do these numbers stick out to you any that you like in particular
1: I mean, I like the Ojolari going 18. That's great to see coming off the edge for the Arizona Cardinals. It's a, That might be one to cop later down the road if he, if he starts yeah. to rack up some sacks. Uh, 21, yeah, it is. I a, a, a like, I mean, 21 obviously was made famous by primetime back in the day. And then, of course, P2 yeah. wore it, played at a high level for the Cardinals wearing 21. Nick T- or Clayton Toon uh, wearing 15, quarterback, not bad. Papo, 44, that's a cool linebacker number. And then you got uh Kytrell Clark twenty-six and then uh stills in number ninety-eight. It's those are some solid choices. I mean, I got nothing more beyond that. I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on it. <laughs> uh,
0: somebody asking, was it Majay Sanders 44? I think Majay Sanders was twenty or forty-one last year. Um, but uh, you know, we we talked about it. we prefaced this. It's not a great year, Bell Brock, for rookie numbers with the Arizona Cardinals. They they had sexier years where guys come in, maybe single digits. They get their college number. They're running backs. They're high, high drafted wide receiver or quarterback. So I know what a lot of people have been waiting to pull the trigger on one of those new jerseys, whether it be the all white or the black. um So I, I don't know what you should do in terms of this rookie class. I think you know maybe, maybe take a hot minute before you rock the number seventy. I mean, big guys need love too, right? But B.J. jalari at eighteen, we'll see. I would imagine if he's good he's going to stick with that number. There's always the dicey proposition you invest in a rookie jersey, and then they yeah. change the numbers the following year.
1: Yeah, Marcus Golden was 44. He was released this off season, so Papo picks up Junkyard Dog's old number. Uh, it's a little tough, right? Um, and yeah. then, yeah, they've got the little uh, – Producer Emma picked, uh, picked up on this. They've got a the little asterisk because they could change. Obviously, there's 90 players, close to 90 players on the roster now, so there's yeah. a lot of numbers that – are are spoken for as of right now, but could certainly change. Uh, I know that these guys aren't wearing the same numbers that they were in college. I don't think a single one of them is wearing the same digit that they were in college. Outside of BJ, B- outside of BJ, yeah, exactly, yeah. BJ already eighteen. So, yeah, not bad,
0: not bad. Uh, we want to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Now, you want to talk about uh, our friends at Pro Football Focus? Listen, PFF came out. They don't give the Cardinals all Draft that might as well, right? Yeah, uh, Pro Football Focus released their most improved units in the NFL. They had the Commanders on there. But they had the Arizona Cardinals on there as well, one of the top three most improved teams in terms of their unit. And they highlighted the offensive line, and they did so behind the very large back of one Paris Johnson, Jr., citing his ability, Bo, to play left tackle and guard, which we think pending injury is going to be his his spot, at least early on in his career. And I'm with PFF. I, I – I think this is a serviceable unit. I think Mm -hmm. it's got a big asterisk, like these jerseys, health permitting, right? Can uh, D.J. Humphreys get back? Can Will Hernandez stay healthy? What the hell are you going to get from the center position? But I do think it has an opportunity, especially from a pass protection standpoint, to be pretty solid.
1: What tackle position do you think that Paris Johnson could potentially win
0: outright? I I think left tackle because based on the war of attrition, I, Kelvin Beecham has missed what one game maybe with the Arizona Cardinals in two years. Yeah. And he's incredibly steady. I don't see him coming in and beating Kelvin Beecham outright. I think Do you, do
1: you believe the the coaching staff, when they say that it's going to be competition and that they're going to play the best yeah, five, I do. I do. Because I think, again,
0: they moved all of DJ Humphrey's money this year. That's guaranteed into 2023. So it's like they don't they don't need to talk themselves. I love DJ Humphreys. He looked like yeah. he was in fantastic shape when we're at the uniform unveiling. He's been in all of the marketing materials this offseason. He has not stayed healthy. I mean, he 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 held out last year in training camp to then play what nine games last year and was not good during the season. So it's like I am ready to be talked out of DJ Humphreys' left tackle for this team. And I think this is his last year with the team anyway. Bo, they re-signed Kelvin Beachum to a two-year contract. He was an outright free agent, so you bring in Kelvin Beecham on a two-year deal, albeit modest. That tells me like that like he's in their plans to start games. Whereas Humphreys, it's like I, it does feel like let's keep our options open. And i I just don't trust EJ Humphreys to stay healthy. I could be wrong, and I know he'd like one more cash in in the free agent market, but yeah, I think Paris Johnson Jr. starting left ha- I let, let me say this. We fast forward to week one in September. I'll, I'll say there's like a you know 40, 60 chance that Paris Johnson Jr. is is starting at left tackle based on DJ Humphreys getting hurt or just not being healthy with his back.
1: I think you have four very capable tackles on yeah, your team. 100%. You know, and, and that's a that's a decent spot to be in, right? And then you start to look, can they help fill in the need at guard? I don't yeah. think you necessarily have that on the right side. You feel pretty comfortable with with Will Hernandez, probably more. Uh, in in the run blocking game more so than yeah. in pass pro, and then like the more and more we get closer to the season, like I don't I don't think that they're going to go get a Ben Jones or anything. It's it's really seems like it's Yelda Froholt's job. It really does. I I don't know what, why do you have such hesitation on on tell me Froholt? tell 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 us all about Yelda Froholt. Like so, what's Yelda his, Froholt. Spirit, what's,
0: what's he like a Lord was of the he Rings. Lord of, was he in the Lord of the Rings? Yeah, I was just about to ask. Yeah. <laughs> Wars, day, but was he in
1: Lord of the Rings? I was just at IKEA. I got myself a Yelda and I got a Froholt and I put them together. It was a it was a mess because the directions are always tough on those Froholt's. They're tough. Yeah. But look, he is a massive man. He looks like he competes in the Strongest Man competition. And then you look at his season last year, at least, and this is recent. Uh, for the Cleveland Browns, where he follows Drew Petzing. Your offense, your—he was the quarterbacks coach there, had a heavy hand as far as the offensive game planning for the Browns. And he comes here to Arizona, and I think he feels comfortable when where he was at his best last year was at the center position. Like he okay. he had a cup a cup of coffees with at right guard. He's not going to vie for right guard reps. I think they view him as their center for right now. And then probably a John Gaines, the, the rookie at fourth rounder out of UCLA with the versatility, could be the next guy because, you know, we talked to Justin Fry, a guy who recruited him at UCLA. He talked about his intelligence, his IQ, and, and that was one of the parts on his scouting report. So John Gaines and then I think Lasita Smith is probably in that conversation.
0: So uh, doing a quick PFF search for Yelda Froholt, and PFF's not the end-all, be-all, played almost 600 snaps last year, Um, seven sacks allowed, uh, had a 61 overall grade for PFF, 49 as a pass blocker, 67, though, as a run blocker. Uh, Again, blocking for one Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett. Most of
1: it, if you look at, so he played, let's see, four games at guard. And then he played five games at center and, and he had way more. He allowed sacks from the guard position, more so the center position. So,
0: well, I mean, he's not small. He's six, he's six, five, he's enormous and he's young. Yeah. He's 26. This is not six the same as, big for a center though, too. Let's not get Rodney Hudson, you know, off re- the retirement couch at a hundred years old, <laughs> you know, Chris Paul style and let's have him, let's have him snap the ball for four games and then pay him a fat check. That's not what this is. Yell does not make it very much money so right. I, i i like when young guys have opportunities to come in hungry it's just to, you know to the point we were making all three days during the nfl draft is okay but do you have an heir apparent maybe a john Gaines. maybe it should have been you know joe titman maybe it should have been god love him luke whipler or somebody <laughs> like that should have come in but uh it's not to say they can't address it next offseason i just That, to me, it's like you can find supplemental guards and they've got a bunch of tackles. It it just would have been nice to see them address the center position. But PFF isn't concerned, so why should we be concerned?
1: Yeah, I mean, and they must not have loved this center class. As as deep as it was perceived, right? Where you had John Michael Schmitz, who was the second center off the board. He goes to the Giants, and they were applauded for that move. And Titman was the first center off the board. And then Juice Scruggs and – Whipler, and, yeah. and then there was the kid out of Notre Dame, right? So it, it was perceived as deep, but there was so many opportunities. I don't know if you, how many times in Monty Osford did he did he not draft a center? I would say he had probably four, four. to five opportunities yeah. to it, to pull the trigger on one, and he just didn't do it.
0: Let's count it. He had picked thirty three, traded it. There's one. He had yeah. pick forty one. He took BJ. Okay, he had picked seventy one. He took Garrett Williams. There's three. He had picked 94. He took uh, Michael Wilson, and then he had picked 96, and he traded right. down. He had five chances. And then on the next day in the fourth <laughs> round, they they made a pick. What they do? They took the uh they they games. So, so they had six, six chances to add Luke Whipler, and they didn't do it. They just said, thanks
1: but, no thanks. thanks, but no thanks. Thanks, Beno. thanks juggle man
0: we had justin fry on check out the interview from uh last week or maybe this week can't remember days are blurring together on uh paris johnson jr and i went to his twitter this morning and he had retweeted something about paris and luke and i'm like that could have been us that should have been us where are we gonna look back and say luke (laughs) Whitler, why is he in cards camp i gotta watch this guy from germany you know give up seven sacks Let's let's just reconvene and get the whole Ohio State offensive line. Did you see what the right tackle for Ohio State said? By yeah. the way, that Dewan Jones came out and said during. we are trying to figure out why he was
1: falling, right?
0: Yes, he's and like, listen. I thought he was like a day two pick, you know, at best, probably. And then what he fall to day four, he, day three, he was like a fourth rounder. So supposedly, DeWan Jones is that what his name is? Came mm-hmm. out and said his dream was not to play in the NFL, was to play in the NBA. Uh, and during his NFL interviews, so not great. Not great if you're interviewing for a job, we'll talk about another job that you would like more than the one you're in. Those
1: see the, the interview stuff that's interesting. Yeah. Erroneous reports about Kyler Murray being traded to the Atlanta Falcons, not great, but like the Arthur Smith telling Peter Skaronsky his answers are boring and he's boring him in the interview is nice. fantastic. Nice, I love and it. Dewan Jones saying, Ah, you know. I much rather play in the NBA than in the NFL. It's like, okay, we're gonna put you down the board here. Or there was another one that came out. Uh, it, it was somebody. It was a K one from day one on Twitter that yeah. pointed this one out about Mike Tomlin and his, why he didn't like Christian Gonzalez. He took Christian Gonzalez off yeah. his board completely uh, because Christian Gonzalez he didn't he wasn't he wasn't didn't like his answer of why he transferred from Colorado to Oregon just wasn't he didn't think it was good a good enough answer he thought that he was just trying to uh it didn't serve a, a, a good enough purpose for why he went from this that horrible colorado program to oregon which contended last year
0: should have stuck it out damn it christian you know not good enough uh you know to be frank we talked to a lot of these players to a lot of these players some of the guys are are great on air and great in the in the room. And some of these guys they just don't give you much, but they turn out to be great players. So it's it's the ultimate roll of the dice. Uh and, and listen, speaking of roll of the dice, you don't have to do that when you're looking for some fresh gear at pins and aces because you know damn near everything is elite. It's the best golf apparel accessories out there. And right now, Pins and Aces is providing you 15% off your first order with the promo code PHNX. I got notified. Just yesterday, a bunch of stuffs back in stock in your size. Check it out right now. I love my Pins and Aces polo bow. I get a ton of compliments on it, on and off the course. I wear it to, i don't know, dab around uh, Old Maricopa. I wear it inside the Circle K, uh, people love to, to commend me for my Pins and Aces polo. They get, they make the best polos, as I mentioned. Hats, golf bags, even our favorite beer sleeve innovation product that allows you to store seven beers right in front of you, inside of your golf bag, and keep them. Keep them uh, cold the entire round. You you absolutely love to see that. Uh, Click on the links, by the way, in the show notes. You can sign up for our Keeping It 100 golf tournament with our friends at Dobson Ranch on May 26th. Again, Dobson Ranch. I I don't know if it's the official ranch of uh, (laughs) PHNX. I love dabbling out in Mesa at Dobson Ranch. Free pins and
1: agents. Did you say the official ranch or golf course? (laughs)
0: I, I say, I say <laughs> no. it's, it's ranch dressing. It's, we're I,
1: still open for business as far as our official ranch, but we've got a golf course. It's uh, I don't know if we're going with like Hidden Valley. I don't know which ranch we like the best for X, but we yeah. know that Dobson Ranch Golf Course is the official golf course of X. Yeah, fuck blue
0: cheese. It's all about Dobson <laughs> Ranch. Free Pins and Aces, PHNX collaboration. Pull it with sign-up. It's an event exclusive, by the way. There's going to be games prizes. fantastic. Love going out to Dobson Ranch with our friends at Pins and Aces. Check out PinsandAces.com. Use that promo code PHNX to receive 15% off your entire order. Get free shipping. That's PinsandAces.com.
1: Saving you money on some uh, great golf gear, great golf apparel with pins and aces. Also saving your eyes out there on the links as well. You got to check out what Shady Rays has to offer. I got my Shady Rays. I always have them because in the center console of my truck, I've got some more, I guess, brand name, like more expensive boutique sunglasses, just collecting dust. No longer are they on my face. I'm Bye-bye. wearing Shady Rays. I'm buying a couple more pairs as well. My wife wants a pair. She actually tries to take these from these bad boys from me. She's not getting these from me for my cold dead hand. Uh, as far as Shady Rays, you can save on the best deal of the summer with Shady Rays. Uh, when you buy two or more pairs, you get fifty percent off. When you do that, check out their entire collection. So the ones I was holding up, those were unbelievable. Those are. Uh, wh- you have these, they're, they're the best sellers that they got going on there. Yeah, uh, You got the classics. You got the, the the new frames out there. You got the classic timbers. You've got the, uh, you got so many different ones. You, you've got some real cool throwbacks as well. Get in on some Shady Rays. Use the promo code PHNX and it'll save you 50% off when you buy two or more pairs of sunglasses.
0: Oh, That's a fantastic deal. I, I ditched all my collector uh, Rays as well and them so
1: I'm exclusive with Shady Rays. Earlier this week, we uh, we went with the PFF mock draft simulator, and they had the Cardinals picking one and two. Mm. And then Todd McShay did his too early mock draft. He just dropped this one off. Uh, Trinell actually sent this to me in my DMs. I appreciate that. Here's McShay's 2024 NFL mock draft. Johnny, I don't know if this is the first time you are set eyes on this, but he had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers bottoming out Actually, a protected uh, trade with Arizona. So they trade up. So the Cardinals are trading <laughs> out of the spot to get Caleb Williams. Oh, They're my. all in on Kyler Murray. He must have come back from the ACL injury and just been MVP candidate again. So he has the Bucks trading up. Bucks take Caleb Williams. Cardinals stick and pick a two. They take Marvin Harrison Jr. Celebrate that. That's a big dub. The Washington Commanders take the North Carolina quarterback, Drake May. Uh, that's a trade that they pulled off with the Colts and then the Titans stick and pick with Dallas Turner, the linebacker, the pass rusher out of Bama. And then the Cardinals trading down at five, they get a cornerback out of Bama. One of the best names in college sports. Kool-Aid man. that's Right. Kool-Aid McHistory. Uh, so the Cardinals get a corner, the top corner in the country, and they get the top wide receiver in the universe. Marvin Harrison, Jr. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, 0% chance that happens.
0: 0.000. 000. <laughs> and I I love your boy, Jody Erler. Uh He floated this out. Cardinals have the top pick. They're going to trade it, get a ton of picks. Yeah. I'm going to tell everybody right now, prepare yourself, okay? Embrace for impact. Embrace yourself. Or embrace <laughs> yourself. Also embrace yourself. Uh, I love Tyler Murray. I think he's the best homegrown quarterback they've ever drafted. Um, if they have a chance to draft Caleb Williams overall, they will move off of Kyler Murray. I feel very confident in saying that not for Drake May out of the ACC right. get that bullshit out of here. If they have a chance to draft Caleb Williams first overall, whether it's with their pick or Houston's pick, they will take him. And there's such
1: there's so up. many qualifiers for that. I, and, and I feel like we don't need to go, we don't have to like. Be the podcast of the show no, that let's do it. Is let's doing do it. that. But I agree. If if they have the number one pick, you have you have to have that serious conversation. And what's very appealing is absorbing the dead money for one season, and then for four more seasons having a rookie contract with a player of the caliber Caleb Williams. And and everybody can push back, and say, "How dare you?" And Kyler deserves better. It's just like that's that's just. That's just smart business to to consider it and in, in very well making that move. But you have to have the number one overall pick to be in the Caleb Williams business. 100%. He's going first overall. And
0: yeah. The Cardinals put themselves, I love this uh, Libertarian Sasquatch here, getting Houston's pick was such a steal. Absolutely was. Yeah, and I mean, that's what makes all of this a reality to talk about for the next calendar year, Bo Brock. And so uh, Martin Harrison Jr., though, I mean, I think we'd all be disappointed. As much as I want this team, I think they're going to be more competitive than people think. We'll see about Houston. I, I It would be disappointing if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't a Cardinal next April. Um, But I think – I don't even think Caleb Williams to Arizona is likely because I think the Cardinals are going to be more competitive, and I think Houston with D'Amico Ryans is going to win. It's so hard to get the top pick. I mean, we saw – you have to be historically bad. This year, the Cardinals lost seven games to end the season they look like the worst team in the NFL bow and, and they still ended up picking third overall. So to have the first overall pick, I don't care what their defensive line looks like. I, I think Jonathan Gannon is a better. Especially coach if Kyler coach comes back.
1: Now. Right. I mean, I mean is big, the biggest deterrent of, of them, not even being within striking distance of that. And like, you made a great point last time we discussed this and it's a polarizing topic. And I love that people are coming to the defense of their franchise quarterback. They should, but As far as the Arizona Cardinals, I mean, or which teams wouldn't consider moving off of of their quarterback? I mean, I think there's 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 probably five that don't even have the conversation. Yeah. Uh,
0: Kansas City, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, Buffalo. They're all in the AFC. Yeah.
1: And probably the Chargers and and, and probably Baltimore at this point. I don't think they, they could make that happen with all the money. In Philly, probably. Well, no, make like
0: happen. I, I think they'd switch out Caleb and Lamar if money wasn't a problem. But yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's like four or five teams; they're all in the AFC. I mean, right. it just, it's a. I think we're all in agreement. This is a Luck Manning-esque type of prospect with the hype, not the 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 player in terms of pocket pass or whatever. This is a player that. Universally was seen he would have gone first overall this year. That's inarguable. Yeah, he would have been the first overall pick this year. That Houston or uh, the Chicago Bears would have picked him first overall. They would have moved off at of Justin Fields. That's been reported by our guy Benjamin Albright. The Cardinals will, will pick him first overall, assuming he doesn't regress and an injury doesn't happen but I, I think it's a moot point because I don't think they're going to have the top pick. That right.
1: Year. Right. And, and if they don't, there there it's not a question like the team that's going to be sitting at the top. It's unless it's like one of those five teams and, and something went horrendously wrong and they didn't get their, the, their franchise quarterback to play probably suffered an injury. They're probably in a position again, or back in that conversation. Uh, there's so many different variables that go into it. it it's, It's crazy to have, but the Arizona Cardinals, you know, what Adam Schefter said during the draft, and we echoed it obviously that they control this draft in the sense that if they want it to go up and get a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr., they have the the current draft capital in 2024 and future draft capital to pull off a deal to move up in order to get that player. And I think that's the more
0: realistic conversation is like, could you just pack – if you have – if Marvin Harrison Jr. is destined to go third overall, and the quarterbacks go one, two, and a team that's picking third has some good wide receivers. I don't know who that is off the top of my head, and then you could you have like picks five and let's say ten. I mean, is is, is that worth it? Those are conversations that we're going to have over the ca- next calendar year. I'm excited to have them, but the quarterback conversation, I, I think, I think everybody in that building knows Jonathan Gannon especially. That if they get Kyler Murray right, they're going to win a lot of games. And they're going to yeah. win a lot of games because he's a special, special player. But to Bo's point, the way you win championships in today's NFL, unless you have a Mahomes, is you get a quarterback on a rookie deal that's special, that's Joe Burrow-esque, or Mahomes-esque, or Josh Allen-esque, and you load up your roster. But I think that it just, we we blew that opportunity because Steve Kime was running this franchise into the ground, so it's like, well, people are like, well, "What do we do now?" I still think there's a window where Kyler Murray makes 45 million dollars a year, and you're com- you're competitive, and you're competing for the postseason.
1: Yeah, uh, we had the uh, we had we were checking. Speaking of ESPN, we were looking at ESPN's website. They had the Arizona Cardinals depth chart up, and it's it's interesting because it's they especially when you look at the defensive side of the football, we we mentioned like Yelda Frodoholtz is, is likely your starting center on the offensive side. But if you look at their defensive depth chart, this is where it gets kind of fascinating. They've got Zaven Collins right there at the top of this base four, three defense as your left defensive end. Uh, they've got Rashard Lawrence is, is one of your DTs. Lecky Foto is your other DT. Uh, you got Jonathan Ledbetter on the other side is your other, r- your right defensive end. You've got Isaiah Simmons as your your will linebacker, Kazeer White as your middle linebacker, Gardeck as your Sam, and then you've got Rashad Fenton as your left corner. You've got Marco Wilson as your right corner, and then Thompson and Buddha as your safeties. the The biggest one, obviously, is Zaven. After just two days in voluntary minicamp, working out with the pass rushers, it's like they're already set to move him from an off ball linebacker to defensive end in a 4-3 base. Well, listen, he didn't have robust stat numbers at Tulsi at four his last year, but our guy
0: uh, Tyree Wilson had seven, so who am I to judge? Uh, but if you go back and you look at a lot of the pre-draft information, and again, I don't know if he's going to play this position full-time or not. I thought when they initially drafted him, Bo, they were going to play him an outside linebacker. I thought he was going to be a pass rusher, but a 3-4 a outside stand-up linebacker. And then Kime came out that night and said, No, 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 he's he's an inside backer. And they just couldn't help themselves. It I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world to try it. Um, because to your point earlier this week, I think you can convince Savan, hey man, this is this could help you get your fifth year option picked up. This could help you save money yeah. in the long run. Like you're you're gonna if you're a pass rusher and you get eight sacks this year. And we feel like, hey, this is your permanent spot. Like, shit, man. Let's let's roll the dice. We'll pay a fifth year option for a for an edge rusher. And then let's build off of that. Whereas we know what they want from their inside backers, small, undersized, speedy guys to clean up the mess when your front seven can't take care of business. So to me, I I don't know. I agree with Jean Paul Edward D, uh Dio's in the chat, though. He's got he's got explosiveness mm-hmm. and he's got the size. Does he have the bend? Does he have the pass rush moves? We haven't seen that yet. at The NFL level doesn't mean it's not there though.
1: Right. And this is, this is the Hassan Reddick, you know, hail Mary, uh, at, in his fourth year of his rookie contract where they declined his fifth year option a year early. So you're going to have the benefit, like they're going to play him potentially at this new position. Could he just focus in, in his main role, be, uh, rushing the passer. And if he goes off, you do have the option as you mentioned to pick up that fifth year option to where if they were doing this next season and like, okay, well you're a linebacker, but you know, can you do something that's going to be more important to this team? Because we know how they feel about the linebacker position, the off ball linebacker position. They don't want to invest that type of money, which is going to be probably more than what it was going to cost for Isaiah Simmons, which was twelve and a half million dollars just because it, it escalates from your, you know, to the next year. Uh, I, I think that, you know that's that's a good oppor- This is a great opportunity potentially for Zayvon Collins, and you know they, they like that. You know he's willing to take this on, and and it, and it could benefit both sides, no doubt about it. So when you look at you know I I don't know if I how I feel about you know on the other side, it's 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 Jonathan Ledbetter. I'd I'd rather it be you know they're
0: just guessing.
1: They, they've got B.J. Ujoleri as your another a backup will linebacker. I just don't think that that's where he's gonna play.
0: Now, uh, I love this comment. Sean ha- Han shot first. He needs to train with J.J. this offseason, gain some moves. That'd be a great question for Z- for J.J. Watt in all seriousness. If somebody could get a mic in front of him and say, hey, you spent more time with this kid than anybody. Do you think he could play defensive end and just see what he says? I think that – and if, if I wouldn't be surprised if he makes that move if he doesn't try to tap into J.J. Watt because that tremendous resource and overachiever himself, um, let's – I mean – you're just trying everything, and you know what? It's not for the Cardinals, the new regime, to try and make up for the past mistakes of Kime and Kingsbury. And, and I think
1: it, it, it'd be it would be better for a guy like Zayvon Collins, like his his body type, to potentially go bigger than it is to to stay, you know, lighter on his feet. I mean, he was a guy that they said it was a couple donuts away from like two sixty when they drafted him. Well, I
0: just. Can I just say something without being and then everybody's pissed because I'm critical of Isaiah Simmons, I'll put Zaven in this category too. They aren't they aren't fluid enough, I feel like, to play linebacker. They just look sometimes too stiff. You know, Simmons can't play the run. Zaven can, but he, he has trouble covering. And I mean he's not he's not somebody that has a bunch of interceptions and passes defended in his first two NFL seasons. I I, I don't know where you play Isaiah Simmons. I think I could envision absolutely a scenario in which you you rush Zayvon from the edge, and you just see what happens. At the very least, well, what were they shit-awful at last year? They, in a 3-4, albeit. They couldn't stop the run. I think Zayvon Collins might be able to play the run as a 4-3 defensive end, and you just kind of go from there, and maybe you substitute B.J. Ojalary on passing downs, even though Nick Rollis said he's ready to play the run. I, I trust Jonathan Gannon and Nick Ross with, with this group. And just, let's just let the chips fall where they may. Let's put people in the best positions to succeed. Let's not try to pigeonhole them to, to what Kime said to what the draft pundits said. Um, and if anybody's going to buy in, it's, it's Zayvon Collins. He's going to buy into what they, they want to do.
1: I, I I don't know why you wouldn't want to buy into it. I mean, it's like racking up sacks is the equivalent of hitting home runs in in right. in baseball. I mean, why wouldn't you want the opportunity to just pin your ears back, go after a quarterback each and every down? Uh, I think that would be that would be an awesome chance for a guy going into his third year. Cardinals are due for something like that to happen with
0: all the shit luck and the, yeah. the shaky draft picks and the exiting free agents, whether it be. Uh, you know Byron and Zach Allen, Christian Kirk, Hassan Reddick. It's like the Cardinals are due in their fan base. Zayvon Collins moving to pass rusher, having twelve sacks, and signing into an extension, and it's just working. The Cardinals Cardinals are due for some good luck like that. And that doesn't yeah. mean it's going to happen, but well, man, I think, we I think
1: it's going to come with better coaching. I think it's going to yeah. come with like I think you're going to see people that we're not talking about enough right now. That are going to be put in a position to be successful on the field because their coaches are going to know how to unlock it. Because they're going to be prepared for this, they're going to they've obviously been studying the tape. They're going to see how it translates on grass in, in practice, and then they're gonna they're gonna have them executed on the field. And you know, Zaven's a good bet, I think, on the defense for somebody with just because of his skill set and his size. And you look at the offensive side of the football, it's like, who's that guy for for the offense? You know, who's going to be like the person we're not talking about right now. That's going to be given an opportunity that they've probably been never given in their career, but this coaching staff, it's important to them and it's going to translate to production. Uh, His name is Greg Dorch and he was buried (laughs) on the depth chart last year. Inexplicably,
0: it's either going to be Greg Dorch or it's going to be Trey McBride on offense in my opinion. Uh, I, you know, with all due respect, like Keontae Ingram may surprise, but I mean, I, I think we know the offensive line is pretty much set they've, they interchangeable parts like Greg Dorch, if he played his ass off this year, like he did last year is going to win over that staff in a heartbeat. I, in my opinion. And then I also feel like Trey McBride with Ertz maybe not being a hundred percent healthy. I mean, Trey McBride in that, you know, shit final four to six games that everybody had to endure. With the David Blaus of the world and Trace McStory like Trey Trey McBride came on. He was good against Atlanta, scored a touchdown. Like, hopefully he builds off of that. It would not surprise me if they, if Trey McBride um is is featured because of how much Drew Petsine likes big physical tight ends. I would love to see that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, with their quarterback situation going on, you know, who a bunch of backups. Obviously, they'd be looking to for that safety net. And the tight end becomes a very popular position. And we'll see where Trey, Trey, uh, I'm sorry, Zach Ertz is to start the season potentially at his age coming back from his ACL. He's gearing up like he's going to be ready for week one, but you never know with this. So, got a chat question Nightingale Sunset saying, Do you guys think uh, there's a strong shot of trading the Houston pick down to get Donovan Jackson, uh, get an elite guard prospect to pair with Pace and? Or Paris for years to come. Uh, look, I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see how just the college football season plays out and how these these draft, you know, twenty twenty four draft picks, how they navigate this season and if they they improve their stock or you know, there's Notre Dame has some some interesting prospects on the offensive line, so I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I mean, I think that that would be. Uh, it's probably something that Monty Osterfort wants to do. He he realizes that he's got some bridges to some younger players, but you've got one controllable guy on your offensive line. I think going forward, sure you like Jonathan Gaines, but you don't know what he's going to be able to do at the next level. You got Paris Johnson jr. And that's about it. Uh, We'll see what the plan is for Josh Jones. If, If he plays into the future, he's still young, but other than that, like young controllable, it doesn't exist on this roster. So Looking at one of those two picks and utilizing it on the offensive line, I think that's very much in play. We haven't decided in what capacity it's going to work its way
0: in, but during this fall, and you know, in combination with our Cardinal coverage, it would be, I, I would say, inappropriate not to include draft coverage with the state of this franchise to talk about prospects that you guys are watching and kind of preview as the landscape turns. And hopefully the Cardinals surprise us. And we're talking about viability within the NFC West, but then also leverage it with Houston's pick, have a have a running update uh, on some mock drafts. So I think Nightingale Sunset, that's going to be a great thing to keep in mind over the course of the fall into draft season next year. Um, because, I mean, the Cardinals, this this will probably be the most focused, but I think a lot of fans who are casual college football fans are going to be. Because it, unlike this class, which w- it was very much Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and then a bunch of question marks guys that emerged, maybe throwing Will Levis in that. Like we have blue chippers guys that I feel like are going to be quintessential draft cornerstones for the next calendar year, regardless of this season. I, I don't see a way Caleb Williams is dropping. Marvin Harrison jr. Is profiles the best college wide receiver since either Fitz or Randy Moss. Like that's not going to change that. It's going to be a star studded class and the Cardinals have two front row tickets. It's fantastic.
1: Yeah. You know, credit a guy like Todd McShay who, he did this exercise today, his too soon for twenty twenty-four class. They they kinda checked his twenty twenty-three class. And yeah, I think it I was like him. I he he was it was solid. It, it was really nice, solid. Nice. But what he did, uh I think there was only one player that that fell far like way out of out of the, the top five, top ten. But it was a solid performance and, and this one probably, you know, barring any injuries or or somebody just completely falling off a cliff production wise. Uh, should be pretty true when you look at you know he's got Caleb Williams he's got Marvin Harrison Jr. Drake May Dallas Turner from Bama and Kool-Aid McHistory so it's um I'm sure those guys probably still end up first rounders are they top five that can change a lot
0: yeah and you got to think Bama after this year rebounds and gets into the final four USC are they in the final four Georgia Mm -hmm. I mean it's just we're we're gonna see yeah, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, you can find out more at gophnx.com. Become a diehard. Subscribe to Howard Bolzer's phenomenal articles, which are 90% free. Slam that promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. This is my favorite new tee from the PHNX Merchandise Locker. It's our Cardinal Bird t-shirt. Check it out. We also have this phenomenal lid that you can pick up for free if you become a diehard for the year. That's gophnx.com, the PHNX Merchandise Locker,
1: bow. We're going to be hanging out tomorrow at the Bet MGM Sportsbook out there in the stadium, State Farm Stadium, right on the Great Lawn. Come hang out. I'm going to be there. Johnny is going to be remote uh, because he we couldn't get the chopper to get him from Maricopa all the way to it's you, bad. even if you left right now, I don't think you could make it to to Glendale. It's such a long trip. Uh, this is, yeah, I promise this is the only one I'm gonna miss. Right. And then I will be at every single bet MGM. But we're gonna events. be hanging out. We're gonna be taking in sports. You can go down there, place bets. You can have a blast. We'll talk some Cardinals football. The Sun's crew is gonna be hanging out as well. We're gonna have our uh we're gonna play some bags, play some cornhole. It's gonna be great. So if you're not, if, if you're a West Sider, if you're looking for something to do on your Friday night, come join us. Tire Crew is gonna be out there, except for Johnny, but everybody else is gonna be out there having a great time. And then Johnny's gonna join us in the future. But if you're looking for something to do, come join us at the Bet MGM Sportsbook. Like and subscribe this podcast wherever you get your podcast
0: We've we've received a ton of uh, wonderful comments in light of our draft coverage. Doesn't mean the party doesn't stop. This is your only daily Arizona Cardinal podcast. Every single day, 4 p.m. Like and subscribe. PHNX Sports on YouTube. PHNX underscore Cardinals on Twitter. He's Bo Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back on a football Friday. See ya.